Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and welcome to another episode of Living in a Thousand Dollars a Month in Thailand. I know it's been a long time since I've done this. Uh, the reason behind that is I kind of, I kind of started shying away uh, from production, from TV and media. Obviously, I needed a break from last year, so I took about six months off of social media. And even following me, especially my podcast, when I first started about 10 years ago on SoundCloud, and my YouTube channel is, uh, it's, uh, I, I don't know when I started it, but it's definitely older than 10 years. You may have seen uh, some of my trailers. I was working with a couple of producers and trying to produce a show called Living in a Thousand Dollars a Month, and we were going to start it here in Thailand. But over time, as the pandemic came in, as production or trying to get a show on TV got tougher and tougher, getting a show on a streaming network like Netflix or Hulu is even harder uh, than actually a traditional cable network. So putting everything aside and realizing that as I get closer to 50 years old, as my wife and I are slowly winding down, uh, planning for our retirement uh, within the next you know, very few years, we're downsizing and we're making life easier, not compiling more stuff onto our plate, like trying to produce a TV show. Uh, that's something I have zero interest in. But I know there are individuals out there that don't fit in my client profile. You know, you're not seven or eight figure income earners, but you are maybe, let's say, uh, someone that's middle class, upper middle class. You may be someone that just graduated from college or university. And you're telling yourself, you know what? Um, since travel restrictions are slowly easing, I think I'm going to take a year off. I think I'm going to go and travel. And that's such a fantastic idea. And I highly recommend if you have the time, do it. And one of the great things, obviously, about Thailand is, or here in Southeast Asia, you can do it for as little as $1,000 a month. And that pays everything. Your apartment rental can be as low as $100, $150 a month. And then your, your food expenses is literally, depending on which Western country you're from, but from North America, Australia, UK, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go 10 times uh, than your home country. And then obviously, uh, the rest of the money is on spending money on adventures and experiences. And you can do, do it all for $1,000 a month. So today, I kind of want to get, give everyone an update. Uh, it is, we're getting to April 2022. I just recently uploaded about 25 new episodes, uh, some of them uh, that were recorded earlier this year. And I kind of did a batch upload. I'm a, I still have probably about 25 to 30 more uh, within that time frame, but everything is still, uh, the information is still relevant and up to date. But this episode, I'm going to post almost immediately. I'll probably get it edited and then post it on the same day. Because I'm looking at my analytics, and one of my slowest demographic that's decreasing Every single year, which I did a podcast on talking about analytics and, and the interesting numbers that I'm seeing from my different age groups, who are listening and why. 
And in the past, about 10 years ago, or even 20 years ago when I started my business, my primary demographic were individuals in their late 50s and early 60s. Fast forward to today, right now my demographic of individuals that are 60 plus years old are now my lowest. And I did a podcast all about that, so just tune into that, to that episode. But one of my fastest growing demographic, which is fourth in line here, are the folks between 23 and 27. And I think the reason behind that is, is that you're looking at, well, first of all, with all the wonderful tools out there that allows you to be productive and remote working, working from home or working in a different country, and also your entrepreneur spirit. Uh, many of you are maybe graduated for college or maybe decide not to go back to college, incur that debt, and just decide to be entrepreneurs. And you know you can do it from really anywhere in the world. So here in Thailand, one of the many benefits is, is that you can live happily for $1,000 a month and it pays for everything, even healthcare. Where you can't do that in any Western country. $1,000 a month, you're way below poverty standards. You can't even rent an apartment for $1,000 a month in some states in the United States. For an example, a place like Las Vegas, which a lot of people gravitated towards because it had a low cost of living, it's sunny 24-7, 365 days a year. But now your average one-bedroom apartment is $1,400 to $1,500 a month. <clears throat> Excuse me. So everything's getting expensive. Refer back. Uh, there are a few episodes, and I, there are a few newer episodes I recorded within the last quarter about remote working. And I really go into detail about remote working. And then the reasons why... As a new entrepreneur, especially if you're doing any sort of online business, maybe you want to be an online influencer, you're slowly developing your followers and developing content, whether it may be online courses or how, you know, instructional videos, whatever it may be, but you're slowly developing that and your revenues are obviously slow. Once you start, once the revenues really start kicking in, obviously, uh, and especially if meat, some sort of media picks up on your channel, you really take off. But in the beginning, it's tough. You know, you're just struggling to, to get to that $100 a month, $500 a month, then eventually $1,000 a month, then $10,000 a month, then $100,000 a month. But until you get into those numbers, you need to be in a place where you can have a great lifestyle where you don't have to sacrifice and still work on your passions and work on your business. So back to living on $1,000 a month, and I want to talk about some highlights here in Thailand. All around Western countries, inflation has been increasing exponentially. Some places like in North America, like the United States, we're having historical levels of inflation, 30 to 40 year highs. Well, here in Thailand, we do have a little bit of inflation. Inflation is happening all over the world. This pandemic and obviously supply chain issues, and now the whole Russia-Ukraine war, and how it's going to affect the EU countries in the very near future. It's impacting everyone. But the nice thing here about Asia is that we really don't have a lot of these problems. We don't have shortages of foods in our grocery stores. We don't have rapid increase in building material costs. 
or even in simple things like trying to buy a used car, buying a new car. You want to buy a new Mercedes? Go to any Mercedes lot and there's a whole bunch of them. Toyotas, Nissans. We even have Isuzus here. They don't no longer sell Isuzus in Western countries, like the United States. The car lots are full. But our inflation is so minuscule that a person coming from a Western country, it just truly does not affect you. It does affect the local ties here because the average monthly income is between, let's just say, 200 to $250, maybe $300 a month. So it does affect them. But for someone like you that's coming in with at least $1,000 a month to live on, you're still basically living at middle class to a little bit above middle class. So you can live very well. And some examples, like for example, like food. Food has not changed. It's still today, still very, very affordable. Ten years ago when I landed here in Thailand, that same plate of food, let's say common guy, uh, which is that Haney Singaporean style boiled chicken with a side of garlic rice, garlic steamed rice, and then some cucumbers. Ten years ago, that was, that was a dollar. 30 baht. Today, it's 40 baht. 10 baht more. So maybe it's $1.25. That's it. That's it. 10 years ago, one of my favorite buffets, I used to, uh, I still, my wife and I still go there on a regular basis, which is a Japanese sukiyaki buffet called Momo Paradise. Momo Paradise is awesome. Highly recommend it. It's located in all the major malls, all the major central malls. So the all-you-can-eat buffet, when I first landed, was 500 baht. So that's $15 10 years ago. Due to increase in prices in beef, because the beef from Momo Paradise comes from, comes from New Zealand and Australia. So they have to pay a little bit more of a premium. But it only increased by 99 baht. So let's just say 100, 100 baht. It only increased by $3. That's it. So now instead of paying $15, okay, we're paying $18 for this all-you-can-eat buffet. Where in Western countries, the last time I was in the States, I was absolutely just dumbfounded and shocked. <clears throat> I went, hold on one second. Let me just take a sip of my coffee here. So when I was back in the States... I know that, uh, what do you call it, um, what's that burger joint? In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger is one of my favorite burgers. Best value, best burger. So I just got my normal double-double with extra onions, extra chilies. So if you want to wear it, you can actually ask for hot chilies uh, to be diced up and thrown into your burger. so freaking good. And no, uh, no, uh, no ketchup, just mustard. That burger, the last time I remember buying it was $3.30. And when I recently went back to the States last year for holiday, I paid like $2 more. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, 
oh my god it really got that expensive obviously the burger got more expensive and also state taxes got more expensive but i couldn't believe it i'm like this is how much i'm paying for for a freaking burger for it's not a lousy burger just for a simple burger and then going to some of my favorite uh quick in and out uh mexican fast food restaurants like uh what is it, Roberto's, the ones that's open 24-7, getting a carnitas burrito, which I could have recalled only cost maybe six bucks. The last time I bought it, now it's closer to 10 for, for just a freaking burrito, which is shocking. I was absolutely blown away. Thank you. My wonderful wife just cut up some beautiful mangoes and put it right in front of me. She's so awesome. Love her spoils me so just yesterday so living a thousand dollars a month let's say that you've got everything settled you've found your apartment your condo and you can like i said studios are starting in a decent area right around 150 dollars a month and if you're willing to maybe walk a little further or even drive, well actually, let's scratch driving, walk a little further or take a motorcycle taxi to like a BTS, you can rent a townhouse for the same exact price. I'm talking a two-story townhouse, roughly about 900 to 1,000 square feet with two to three bedrooms, 450 bucks to 200 bucks a month. Yes, you can definitely do that. So let's say you get all that squared away. So now your day-to-day stuff. So yesterday, my wife's assistant recommended a skiaki hot pot place. We love our hot pots here. We just, I love hot pots. I love soup. Any sort of tasty soup, I just love it. Especially if you're throwing in a bunch of meat and vegetables and seafood in it. So her assistant recommended a skiaki hot pot place that has been wildly popular among college students, among the young, for couple years now and this franchise is called suki tanoi tanoi means little chinese boy so the little mascot's a little chinese boy is pretty cute and one of the coolest things about the their their what we call a gimmick is they have robots that deliver your food your your plates of meat vegetables whatever you might throw into your hot pot all you can eat buffet including drinks you know, fountain drinks and tea or whatever, for two hours. So normally buffets in Thailand limit you to an hour to maybe an hour and a half, majority of them about an hour. Two hours eating nonstop, $7. That's actually less than $7. It's 219 baht, all you can eat. And it was freaking tasty because my wife and I came in with no expectations. Because uh, we had some errands to run. <clears throat> we went to the Mega Bangna. Uh, we just had to buy some things. And then maybe we were thinking about going to see uh, the new Batman movie. And uh, obviously, uh, we didn't do that. We decided, hey, you know what, let's get something to eat. And instead of eating Mega Bangna, uh, my wife said, hey, uh, do you want to try this new Suki place, this Skiaki place? I said, yeah. And I've seen them everywhere. She's like, well, my sister recommended we go to Suki Tanoi and we could kind of, it's kind of on our way home. I said, absolutely. So we get there around six o'clock 
And six o'clock is still very early for Thais to eat because Thais is usually eating dinner like around seven, eight, even nine p.m. So we get there, it was packed. I mean, we had to wait about five minutes to get seated. And that's kind of rare for a restaurant to be packed at six o'clock. Usually it's more seven, eight o'clock. So we sit down and uh, you know, we, we get the two soups. So it's like a yin and yang. We have a clear, uh, typical, it's either a chicken broth or a pork broth soup. And then on the other side is the traditional Japanese skiaki, which is my favorite. And then we have this big giant menu. So there's, so there's plenty of different meats. And I didn't, like I said, we didn't have any high expectations for a buffet of this price. So we ordered, so they had one choice of beef, which is like round steak. And you can't really cook that that long because it can get kind of tough. So we ordered uh, two plates of that. And then they had pork belly. We ordered two plates of that. They had pork neck. Pork neck is kind of like pork belly, but a little bit leaner with some fat in it, which is very, very tasty. And then they had pork loin. We didn't want to do pork loin because it just get too tough. And they had chicken and don't really care much for sliced chicken. Then had other seafoods too. Uh, two different types of squids, some mussel, um, dory fish. What else? And then a tons of different types of vegetables you can choose from. Different types of like uh, pork balls, shrimp balls, different tofus. So it was really, it was front and back, this pictured menu. So it was quite a selection. So obviously we ordered, you know, just tried a little bit of everything. And then what's cool is you see these little robots. And they have, they have three shelves inside. So within 10 minutes, after we received our soup and, and, and we got our drinks, this little robot comes up and it shows our table number, 28, so we know it's us. And then it backs up and then we unload our food and then it takes off. It was the coolest little thing. It's such a great little gimmick, and this cute little robot. And the funny thing is this robot is actually quite intuitive because the restaurant's starting to get busy and it knows when someone's in front of you, it'll stop. And sometimes uh, it's really funny is that if it makes a mistake, it, it'll start meowing. It goes meow, meow. It's just really, really funny. And a couple of times when we're ordering food, like uh, sometimes it can happen uh, because there's three shelves and it's, ordering, and, it's, and it's ordered for three different tables if it's not like a lot of food. So sometimes it only happened to us once someone else took our food and then they just push reset and, and then uh, the new order came out. But sometimes when you're not fast enough of unloading the food, it'll just take off. <laughs> and then we have to stop it and then you pause it where the waiters do, waiter and waitresses do, and it starts meowing because they know they made a mistake. But... It was a wonderful experience. It was tasty, quality food. It was fast. The service was excellent. The robot just kind of made it so much more entertaining, all for the low price of under seven bucks. I couldn't freaking believe it. Seven bucks. That's just, it was just a fun evening out. You know, we were at this mall. So after we ate, uh, we just kind of walked around. Uh, my wife got a pedicure while she was giving me a pedicure. I went and got some cream puffs at Beard Papa, <laughs> which was really good. And uh, so we just kind of walked it off. 
And by the time we were ready to head back home, right around 8.30, Suki Tanoi literally had this giant queue waiting outside of probably at least 20 to 30 people waiting. They actually set up chairs. I guess later in the evening, they set up chairs outside a restaurant for people to wait. That's how popular this place is. So I guess it was actually started uh, by a very famous Thai TV star. So I don't know who it is, but whoever this individual is, man, they kill it. Uh, they are, they're just popping up everywhere. So if you're in Thailand, if you're in, ba I think they're only in Bangkok, and you see Suki Tanoi, I highly recommend it. So it just goes back to what I'm saying is for $1,000 a month, not just the fact that you can live either within walking distance to nightlife, to BTS, to all kinds of cool stuff to do and rent, a, whether it's a studio or a one bedroom for that $150 to $200 a month, maybe on lower circumvent, to if you're willing, if you need more space, if you're willing to walk a little further or even take a motorcycle taxi or even a cab to the BTS, uh, for the same exact price, you can get a two to three bedroom townhouse. And then your healthcare costs are literally nothing. Nothing. You know, one of my episodes, I talked about uh, one of my wife's friend's grandfather. Uh, he had to be admitted to the emergency room and he went to a very well to do, a very what we call HISO hospital, uh, private hospital. And there he was admitted, spent three nights in a private room. And this room is about the size of a hotel room, so like about 150, 200 square feet. With all the bells and whistles from all the screenings, medication, observation, three nights. It was, I think, $1,500. That's it. $1,500, private room. In Australia, in Sydney, what do you think that would cost you? Just one night at a crappy hospital, not in a private room, would probably cost you $5,000, $7,000 $5, in the UK. Same, 3,000 pounds, 5,000 pounds. In the United States, it's just, it would be 10,000 bucks <laughs> for the same equivalent a night. So if you're here in Thailand and you're, and you're feeling, maybe kind of feeling under the weather, you walk into any pharmacy because all pharmacists speak English. You tell them what's wrong with you. You say, you know what, um, I kind of have a stuffy nose. Uh, I woke up with a sore throat. Okay, they prescribe you immediately, no prescription needed, uh, some antibiotics. Here you go, here's some antibiotics. Take it for whatever they prescribe you, whether it's a really strong one, uh, like a Z-Pack, you take it for seven days straight, or this other type of moxicillin, you take it for 10 days. It only costs you about four to five bucks. Off you go, done. No need to call up a doctor, then they're never seen the same day. You get to see them one or two days later, especially if, there's, if it's flu season like it is now. Then you have to go there, wait in the waiting room. I mean, you know the story. I've talked about this millions of times. 
just the inconvenience and and then your copay is still going to be 30 to 50 bucks not including your medication and if you have a major medical emergency it's still freaking cheap here even if you don't have local you can get health insurance here you can get health insurance if you're an expat here but even if you don't have health insurance it's still maintaining your health is inexpensive and readily available to everyone that is what makes thailand so much more unique than latin america or even europe because of that excellent healthcare extremely reasonable healthcare and great service and readily accessible that's important if you don't think it's important then you're probably too young listening to this but when you're in that 40s 50s and 60s healthcare is important seeing good doctors having hospitals close to you that's important then the next thing too is when you're living let's say in london and you're trying to start up your online business and your revenues aren't quite there maybe you're making 2000 or 3000 pounds a month but it's still not quite paying the bills because you're still basically paycheck to paycheck well, we're here and that kind of money obviously you're living jeez oh, in the uh definitely upper upper middle class but the problem is is that when you're an entrepreneur in western countries you're having to sacrifice a lot that means that you can't really go out with your friends and go drinking because if you go to a bar just a crappy draft beer is 5 bucks well drinks is going to be 5 to 7 bucks wine the same exact thing and then and then if you're going to a really really nice place a beer can be 10 bucks a glass of wine can be 15 bucks and if you go into stupid places like on a strip then your beers are 15 bucks and your wines are 25 dollars <laughs> i couldn't believe that uh i saw a very very good friend of mine a few years ago had a meeting uh went to the strip uh just had a glass one glass of their house pinot noir it was okay it wasn't like wow this is amazing just okay glass of wine that was 30 bucks 30 bucks i couldn't freaking believe it i mean i thanked them but i'm like okay i won't be coming here again i don't care how much money i have i'm not paying 30 bucks for freaking house wine it's just stupid but here what i mean there's no sacrifices no sacrifices that means that you're going to first of all you're going to make new friends you're going to meet a whole set of new friends fantastic people that are well traveled they're educated and you're going to get to immerse yourself in another culture which is also exciting but when you're not sacrificing what you don't have to give up is you can still go out and do stuff if you want to go out every single night and and dine and have drinks you can because it's affordable my wife and i yes we dine out a lot but when we're getting a lot of stuff that's home delivery one of the great things about thailand you can have absolutely anything delivered to you i'm talking anything 
Uh, one of my podcasts, I mentioned that uh, stupid me. I plugged in my iMac uh, into an outlet uh, that I normally... I plugged it directly into an outlet and then plugged it into a surge protector. So it blew up my power supply. So instead of having to drive to the other side of town to drop off my Mac to get it repaired, what they did was they sent Lineman, it's one of many different types of companies, to pick up my Mac. They packaged everything. They delivered to uh, the Mac repair shop. And after the Mac repair shop fixed it, they had it delivered by Lineman again. They didn't even have to drive anywhere. So food is the same exact thing. Is that using these apps like Food Panda, Grab, Lineman, you can have any sort of food. I'm talking whether it's Michelin-rated street food to mom-and-pop restaurants, anything delivered to you at any time. And it's a very, very low cost. So some of... Some of the favorite places to eat are actually in Chinatown, but we don't want to drive to Chinatown. It's a freaking zoo. And there's one very famous place that's on the Michelin Guide. It's not Michelin rated, but it's a Michelin Guide for street food. Is this Thai coconut curry place. And they do a fantastic job in pork and beef curries. It's a thick, savory curry and they usually run out of food towards the mid-afternoon, and there's always a big, huge queue of people waiting there. Uh, if you follow any sort of Bangkok or Thailand pages, you've seen the videos and you've seen this restaurant featured. We have it delivered. We'll order enough for about two days, and then we'll order some for her parents and some other relatives, and we just have it delivered. No reason to hop in a car or even get on the BTS and go all the way to Chinatown just to have this. We have it delivered. So our average food delivery, our average meal, is only costing us roughly about four bucks, and that's my wife and I. And that's usually about three different plates of different types of food. And if it's just you, obviously, your average meal is probably going to cost you about a buck fifty to two bucks for a great meal that's going to cost you ten bucks back home easily. And this is not processed food. This is food that is prepared in front of you. One of one of the lovely things about Thailand again is the convenience. Wherever you live it should be close to some sort of mall. What is a little local mall or a big mega mall? The mega malls are the best. But all of them, or even a big C, so a, a big C and Lotus is our versions of super Walmarts. So they're usually two to three stories. Inside, they always have a food court. And in these food courts, you can have great meals for a buck to buck 50. That would be the same equivalent of about $10 in the States. You can eat there. When I first came to Thailand, I ate at food carts all the time. Well, no. When I first came to Thailand, I ate at every freaking expensive restaurant because I know uh, back in the States would have cost me three to four times more. Then after, I realized I, gained, I literally gained like almost 20 pounds. But I was also working out pretty hard too. But I was eating so freaking much because everything. It's like after I'm done eating, I, I walk around, explore. I'm like, oh my God, there's another great place to eat. I got to go in and try it. 
So I gained so much weight. But after you're done with your eating extravaganza and trying to taste everything, and you kind of get back into your set schedule, you're going to average three to maybe four meals a day, and your average meal will be roughly about $1.50 to $2. So $1.50, $2, what does that buy you in Auckland? Not much. What does that buy you in Melbourne? Not much. You know, Sydney, Australia, ever since I was young, was a dream of mine to live. And what killed that dream was how much it freaking cost to live there. That if I wanted a duplicate home that I had in Newport Beach, the same duplicate home in Sydney would have been $6 million. I'm like, what? So it was a dream that I couldn't pursue. As lovely as Australia is, the problem is, is that I'm going to be spending all my money trying to live the life I've always wanted to, to, to live the quality of lifestyle that I've always dreamt about in Sydney, but I would not have enough money to retire. I would literally run out of my money before I die. And I would have to start sacrificing and sacrificing and sacrificing. So I scratched it off my list. And obviously I looked at other places. I looked at Melbourne. It wasn't much cheaper. Auckland. Even went all the way down to Wellington in New Zealand. None of that stuff was cheap. You know, one of the great things that for people listening to this, I know a vast majority are coming from the United States, and there's a large, growing majority uh, coming out of Australia and New Zealand. For the Americans and Canadians, if you've never been to Australia and New Zealand, I highly recommend you go. It's the, the most beautiful countries I've ever visited. Canada's gorgeous, but it still does not compare to New Zealand. Uh, United States has beautiful areas, Sydney Harbor, Melbourne, uh, Gold Coast, oh, man, breathtaking. Aussies and Kiwis are, are nice. Uh, so for the Aussies and Kiwis that are listening to this, I, I absolutely love your country, I love your culture, and I love the fact that more and more of you are coming here to Thailand and... Uh, and I welcome more to look at this. For the Aussies that are listening to this right now, that are living paycheck to paycheck with no end in sight, there is more opportunities for you here in Thailand. And if you had to start over and you've lost everything, instead of bunking at one of your one of your one of your mates. Your, your best mate's couch or moving back home with your parents come here because you probably got 700,000 bucks a month that you can live on come, come here and regroup instead of living with someone and feeling that you're kind of leeching off of them and I know how that can feel you know I college kind of had to do that 
So the bottom line is living on a thousand dollars a month is more than obtainable here. And yes, it can be done in other countries, but no other country will match up to everything that an expat needs from healthcare to choice of housing. I mean, a lot of choices when it comes down to housing. Friendly people, safe community. When you're in a big city like Bangkok, everybody speaks English. And you don't have to sacrifice anything. So hope you found this to be helpful. And from time to time, I will try to record more episodes about living on a thousand dollars a month. And again, the reason why I haven't is because nothing has really changed. Nothing has really changed. You can still happily live on that budget. If we were to have a rapid increase in inflation, I will definitely let you know. But I'm seeing nothing like that. So do some research yourself. You know, don't. Uh, you know, it's great that you're listening to maybe other influencers or uh, other nomads that are looking at all these different countries. But just remember this: those places that they're talking about are great for getting more followers and getting more eyes. These individuals that claim to be digital nomads and whatever, that's how they make their living. And you of all people know that. When you ask them, what is their job? They're influencers, they're YouTubers, they're TikTokers. They're not someone like myself where this is my job. I do not monetize on my podcast. I do it for free. I do not get paid on that. My YouTube, I maybe make five bucks a year. You know, I don't care about the kind of stuff. When you ask me what my profession is, my profession is, I am an international real estate asset manager. I help affluent clients acquire real estate and build a portfolio of real estate in countries like here in Thailand. And in addition to that is. We do uh, estate planning uh, to a whole nother level that's very similar to what you would expect in a Western country. That's what I do as a living. I'm a real estate professional. But when you ask these other individuals that you see that have hundreds and thousands of views, that I can almost assure you they make more money on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or Facebook posting videos. Than they do actually trying to pitch you their service. The biggest hypocrite of them all is Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, I urge you to, if for those of you that think he's the greatest thing, uh, he's not. He's a complete fraud. I started reading his material uh, about twenty years ago. Rich Dad Poor Dad, all that stuff. And what, what really, really stood out. In one of his interviews, and also he says it in his books, when you ask him what his profession is, it's not a finance guru, real estate professional. It's author. I'm like, what? He's an author. He writes stuff that sells books, and he knows what sells books. 
And today, this dude is all way in a, this complete conspiracy theorist to whatever. Just stop listening to that guy. There are better financial gurus where their first job is a financial consultant, an asset manager, a technical analysis specialist, not a YouTuber. So make sure you are following the right people. Make sure you are taking advice from the right people. Many fitness experts, as I said in the past, they despise YouTube fitness gurus or fitness influencers because they're absolute zeros, the majority of them. There are some great ones. Athlean X, that dude is awesome. He has, I think, his PhD in physical therapy. That guy knows what he's doing. He's smart. Um, another one, which I know on a personal basis, is Halle Berry's uh, personal trainer. Peter. That guy knows, I've trained with him. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. Uh, the exercises aren't going to injure you. But when you look at a lot of these YouTubers, they're posting stupid workouts and stuff to get the views. When you look at digital nomads or these quote-unquote people, expats, specialists, whatever, the videos they're posting is to get views and to rack up views so they make money. They're influencers and that's their first job. They're not doing you any favors. So follow the right people, take advice from the right people, but better yet, get as much information as you can, and then please take and make the effort in doing your own research. There's nothing better than doing your own research. I have worked with thousands upon thousands of very affluent clientele, and all of them have different scenarios. Everybody is different, everyone has different needs. And you yourself have different needs. I talk about expat living, basically helping you walk in my shoes. Maybe something will resonate. Maybe you also came from Southern California. Maybe you also grew up in Arizona. Maybe you also uh, tried Latin America and realized it's not for you and this and that. So something may resonate. Something may sound familiar. But when you're looking at individuals out there that are only spending three months here, six months here, one year, one year there, they have no, they're not specialists. I spent 10 years professionally in Latin America, and I, and I still, still work there, just dwelling down my business there, not accepting any new ones. I've been here in Thailand for 10 years. When you've been in the country working and living, that makes you a specialist. You know what you're talking about. But when you're only hopping from this country, maybe you're going to Ubud and you spend six months there and all of a sudden you're a freaking expert, or you go to Chiang Mai, you're there for one year, all of a sudden you're a freaking expert? No, you're not. What makes me more of an expert compared to anybody else is the fact that I am married to a Thai woman. I am married to an educated Thai woman with her master's degree, a graduate number one in her class, and has a huge influence of people in her circle, from top, top executives 
that she's training in our equivalent of Fortune 100 corporations to politicians. She has that influence. So I learn from her. There are things that I learn as a real estate professional that I would have never known if she wasn't in my life. That's how I distinguish myself from everybody else. When you look at other expats, yeah, they may have a Thai girlfriend. Large percentage of the Thai girlfriends are uneducated women from Isan that they probably met at some bar. That does them nothing. It doesn't contribute to their business. Where the difference is, is that my wife has worked and trained some of the sales staff in the top five real estate development companies here in Thailand. And I know everything that happens behind the scenes. I know what ties are looking for. I know what ties like and don't like. I know what this market is doing. So whether you're looking at living on $1,000 a month or moving here because you're an eight-figure, you have an eight-figure net worth, I am giving you the peace of mind that when you are subscribing to my podcast, I'm giving you the right information that's going to benefit you. I am not looking for views. I can give really two shits. I don't monetize in anything. I'm not a YouTuber. I'm not a podcaster. I do this because I want to relay this information to folks out there because I don't want you to fall prey for bad real estate professionals, bad advice. I do this for fun. I do this when I have time. So it's the weekend. I have time. So I pump out as many podcasts I can. And then when I have time, I have them edited and I do a batch upload. This is not my business. I am not a podcaster. I am not a YouTuber. I do not monetize on this stuff. I do this as a public service. And also in addition to that is I don't get, I've never closed a deal and I've never gotten a deal. Sure, I've received some referrals of individuals that have listened to my podcast or watch a video, but they've never, they never resulted in a closed deal. All of my business, 100%, comes from referral basis only. So I don't do this for referrals. I don't do this for business. I truly do this to publicly educate individuals out there that have very specific needs on a very specific demographic to educate them on the facts and reality, the pros and cons about expat lifestyles, about what's best, what's real, and what's not real. So hope you appreciate that. And stay tuned because we have a lot more episodes coming. So have a wonderful upcoming week. We'll see you in Thailand.